shot. What's up, combies? I'm Hannah. And I'm Olivia. And it's time to kombucha. So, my girl, how has the week been? (laughs) Well, do you remember when I was asking you on the phone if Mercury was in retrograde? Oh, no. It's been a time. Oh, that's never a good question. It's not. I, I really fear the the times when mercury is in retrograde and sometimes i'm just like how long is this gonna last and then sometimes you tell me weeks oh yeah (laughs) when i i try to not look up the cycle unless i'm really feeling like it's happening because then i'm like (laughs) where's the finish line even just my horoscope sometimes i get anxiety if i read it Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll be Where like, are God, you this is what I have to to deal with tomorrow. Some sort of challenge is going to come up that I'm unprepared for. <laughs> Great. Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> I actually got really into reading my daily horoscopes on this website, Cafe Astrology. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably like the website everyone kind of knows about who like is interested in astrology but doesn't necessarily know anything about astrology yeah totally i mean i always see them in apps like vice or like news apps will be like what's your horoscope for april but that gets us into our topic this week which is astrology which is kind of a fun topic keeping it live we brought some heavy hitters lately Oh, man, we need a little break. <laughs> we, need, we need something just a little fun, a little light. Then again, it, it causes me anxiety, so I don't know how light it always is. But, you know, sometimes <laughs> I read it and I'm, like, really excited. Like, oh, you're going to find money tomorrow or something like that. That's always That's always a good one. And, you know, stars. Stars make me think of, like, laying outside looking at them. Ooh, that little outdoor camp summer camp back in the day just setting some tarps down well i don't know about tarps (laughs) i definitely had tents when i went to summer camp well we had tents and sometimes we would choose the tarp because it's like we want to sleep under the stars oh wow you're brave but yeah okay astrology what is it define it tell the combies Well, from my quick Google search, (laughs) astrology is the study of the movements and relative positions of celestial bodies interpreted as having an influence on human affairs and the natural world. When you said bodies, I just want to be like, body, yaddy, 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 Stars. What do they tell us? What do they know about us? We want to find out everything they know everything we are them they are us we are all stardust wow this is keeping it light (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean like reading horoscopes and chart readings and stuff Mm -hmm. somehow it's blown up in the past couple of years it's everywhere i mean i get on instagram and it's constantly like 
astrology bish and like different astrology. yeah it's like tons of different accounts basically with memes i follow many of them honestly yeah (laughs) no same they pop up all the time uh and a lot of people use apps i mean like you were mentioning that they're in news apps but there's also apps like co-star which um a lot of people will put up screenshots of what their co-star like was telling them for the day and be like i feel so seen or like co-star's really calling me out and it'll be like um you may want to text that person again and you will <laughs> it's like oh whoa like getting stuff personal like up in here yeah calling them out crazy i know whenever i'm like scrolling on the gram i will see one and it'll be like taurus or whatever and i'm I'm like oh now i have to go to the page and see what mine is i've got to know what the libra is that's what i am yeah you swipe through like the first five and you're not there and so then you check the whole account i've definitely been there yeah i'm a leo Leo to the core. I feel it. I love lions. That was my college mascot. That's true. That's kind of ironic. I know. Is it or is it fate? That's true. Maybe it was written in the stars. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm super excited. We're speaking with a guest today who's going to do a little reading for both of us. Um, It's going to be fun. Our guest today is Rowan Oliver, an astrologer, writer, and performing artist based in Seattle, Washington. As a lifelong Virgo, Rowan has always been interested in knowing how people tick, and after years of casual astrology enthusiasm and astro meme making, Rowan deepened their studies into the language of the stars and began practicing professionally in 2018. Their practice draws on techniques and foundations from Hellenistic traditional astrology, the oldest known system of astrological interpretation tailored to the realities of the modern era. Love it. I didn't even realize there are multiple, I guess, foundations of astrology. That's interesting. Yeah, wow. My knowledge is pretty shallow on the subject, you know, just like horoscopes and rising sign. Yeah. I think this will be pretty neat, though, because Rowan views the stars through a queer, trauma-informed lens and uses their lived experiences in these areas as a guide to make their astrology healing, guiding, and uplifting. These are things that I need when I dread my horoscope, so definitely, they're really going to bring this to a calming level. At least, I'm hoping. We'll be surprised. (laughs) I'm excited. All right, Rowan, we're thrilled to have you here with us. Hi, thank you for having me. Maybe first you could tell us a little about your style of reading. Yeah, absolutely. So my style, um, I am mostly informed from the teachings of traditional astrology, which is um, dating back to the Hellenistic era Um, Hellenistic astrology is the first kind of westernized form of astrology that is still in use today. Uh, They have a lot of Eastern forms as well, but I focus mostly on Western tropical astrology, which is a different, uh, the main way that astrology is portrayed through the 
mainstream, shall we say, um, Mm -hmm. which focuses on the seasons of the sun moving through the different zodiac signs as it relates to the seasons that happen here on Earth. So, for example, the beginning of Aries season is the first day of spring every year, and the sun moves through the signs about once a month on a schedule approximate to that. First day of summer is cancer season, etc. And with my style of astrology, I like to call it queer traditional astrology, partially because I am a queer person, but also because a lot of the things that traditional astrology signified back when the textbooks basically on it were being written aren't particularly relevant to modern life and especially marginalized people today. So taking the knowledge of the people who really developed the practice, but then kind of queering it into what works for modern life, what is trauma-informed and understands the differences that everybody has within them and the different life experiences that everyone is going to live, especially different from what they might have been in 300 BCE. <laughs> um, we are living very, very different lives than people like Vettius Valens, one of the first authors on record, uh, wrote about. Um, we are just completely in a different society and astrology kind of needs to move along with that, but also keeping the foundations of this is why this planet means something or this sign signifies these qualities um, and really just informing the knowledge that can be translated into modern day with this really fundamental background. Awesome. And tell us a little about the readings that you're doing today. So today I'm just going to go over mostly your sun, moon, rising, and chart ruler. Um, Basically, you have 10 planets in your birth chart, ranging from uh, the sun to Pluto. The sun and the moon are used as planets in your birth chart rather than just the sun and the moon, but they are also called the luminaries and represent very important specific things. Um, And they're two of the most visible, known about planets, so they do mean a lot more on the surface than a lot of the other placements in your chart. They will give you a kind of broader overview of your life. And then your rising is the sign that you kind of come across as and really shapes the rest of your chart. Um, Each part of your life is described by a sign. You are technically all signs because each sign has a place in the houses of your chart. But your rising sign is the first house. It is you. It's your personality. It's how you present yourself. And it really deals a lot with the way that you just carry yourself about in the world. It's kind of like your typecast. And is that the one that typically people read on like Instagram and websites and stuff? Yeah. So if you want to get your horoscope completely right. You want to read for your rising sign because they, the astrologers that are writing those horoscopes are writing it for your rising sign because of Mm -hmm. the movement through the planets through your chart is all set up by that one sign. Cool. I love, I love that we're all a little bit of everything though, and that it's all, it's just all us. Yeah. There isn't 
necessarily a sign that maybe everybody is going to really relate to. And it might be in Mm -hmm. a house that really doesn't have much to do with you and your personhood and your identity as much as like your rising sign or your sun or your moon. Um, Each sign is ruled by a planet and those planets all have purposes in your chart. So even if, you know, let's say you don't have any planets in Gemini, you still have something ruled by Mercury as Gemini is ruled by Mercury in your chart that is an important topic in the overarching themes of your life. Wow. Okay, great. Well, we can jump in with mine first. Let's do it. So, Olivia, you are a Leo sun, a Capricorn moon, and a Leo rising. I love a Leo. (laughs) It's too true. (laughs) One of the um, main things that immediately pops out here is that Leo is ruled by the sun, and the Mm -hmm. sun is in Leo, ruling the first house and in that first house. So you're really bringing out these, what we'd call solar qualities of that sign and that placement. Mm. So you are very dramatic, humorous, um, kind of radiate your energy wherever you go. It is easy for you to be seen in a crowd. You kind of stand out in a way that really just brings magnetic attention towards you. And you can feel more comfortable than most average people with like shining your light out there. I know you personally, I know that you're not uh, particularly shy on the surface kind of person, very bubbly, very enigmatic and like very life of the party too. Absolutely. I feel like I was just being thrown compliments here. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. It honestly is a very nice and warm placement to have. But the interesting thing is that really contrasts a little bit with your Capricorn moon because Mm. the moon doesn't particularly like being in Capricorn. Capricorn is ruled by Saturn and the Saturn moon kind of relationship that they have is relatively tense because those two planets represent very different things. And same with the sun and Saturn. They are really about Saturn being about restriction and the sun and the moon really bringing out life and giving um, opportunities and just experiences. And Saturn wants to teach around those. So with the moon ruled by Saturn, you kind of have a little bit more conservative outlook on your own emotional life, Um, might have a little bit of a hard time really connecting with the deeper parts of your emotions because those can be a little bit scary and they don't come off the same way as the way that you like to present yourself. So if you know that other people see you as this warm, light, fun, bubbly, shiny person, it gets harder and harder to really be able to express the parts of you that aren't so people pleasing in a sense, you know, the things that it wouldn't be a good conversation starter. It wouldn't be good in small talk. So you have to internalize those and deal with them like on your own time. That's interesting. Kind of playing into like vulnerability, I guess, with others and like that deeper sense of scariness. Yeah. It could be really (laughs) difficult for you to be like open and vulnerable with people, even though that might be what they would expect from you at first glance, because you've got Mm -hmm. this kind of afflicted moon where you want to build that sense of security before showing it to anybody. And before like really being able to show yourself off, you have to 
kind of compartmentalize the way that you present yourself a little bit more. Wow, that's like some good insight. That one's deep. Yeah, I actually I have a question about the moon. Maybe this is just in general or maybe it will end up relating back to this reading. But I know a lot of like stigma with the full moon is that like crazy things happen or emotions are high or um, expect the unexpected kind of thing. I was just wondering if you had any insight as to either why people see full moons that way or how to better look at them? What can you draw from them? So one of the main things that astrology really deals in is tracking cycles, like the new and full moons. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons, the full moon brings up a large emotional energy going on in in basically the entire world when the moon is full the moon is across from the sun it's at the most light that it's going to get from reflecting the sun and that really brings out those lunar qualities of dealing with emotions of unexpected the tides are controlled by the moon so you know things get a little bit crazier when the moon can be at her full force like that but it doesn't necessarily need to be a bad thing because as the moon fills up it's also going to empty back out um, and become a new moon again and Even when things feel overwhelming and the tides are high and everything feels like too much, it's all going to go back down again. It's very much a what goes up must come back down type cycle. So Mm -hmm. during full moons, you know, energy might be high, emotions might be high. And then during new moons, it might be a period of a little bit more low and steady and recharging. Each cycle just brings you more in order with the idea that everything is going to come and it's going to go. And you kind of can't hold on to any specific feeling at any time. But those full moons are a good time to get rid of a lot of the pent-up emotional energy that you've had. And I think somewhere in our brains, we are 70% water. The moon controls water. And we just follow those cycles in a way that, like, when we need to release, we need to release. And then we can come back and come back to ourselves. I love that, personally. Hannah? Great, yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) I'm a little nervous, but I'm ready. So, Hannah, you are a Libra sun, Leo moon, and Sagittarius rising. First of all, Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, which in your chart is in Cancer in the 8th house. So this kind of planet will give a different quality. The The location of Jupiter is going to give a different quality to each Sagittarius rising as it would with a Leo rising with a different sun sign. So with Jupiter in Cancer, Jupiter does really like being in Cancer and its properties of expansion and generosity and good fortune really can shine in Cancer, a sign that has a lot to do with emotional intelligence and adaptability 
and really being able to get things going on an emotional level. So with Jupiter in Cancer ruling the Ascendant, it brings out this go-getter type forward-thinking outlook where you can be really protective of your friends if you think of the imagery of Cancer the Crab, um, but then Sagittarius the Centaur. It is a warrior who is really emotionally protective and deeply caring about the people around them, about the causes that they're interested in. That playing off of the fire and air with your Leo moon and Libra sun um, really just brings out a very relation relationship forward, not just romantic, but really cultivating those relationships in your life that bring you joy, that bring you success, that bring you the things that you need to feel whole. Um, Sagittarius is all about searching for fulfillment. Libra is very much about relating to others. So these two signs together um, as your sun and rising are very much trying to find fulfillment for a whole group. Um, and with the house placement of your sun in your chart as well, that is something that's been a very lifelong focus for you is really feeling like you fit in and making sure that other people do too. Could not be more accurate. I'm one of those people like spot on. <laughs> I bring together a whole group of people from like different areas of my life. And then like, I got to make sure like each one is having the best time. <laughs> so it definitely makes sense. I'm a very community driven person. One question I have is, okay, so I'm supposed to be reading my rising. So I should be reading Sagittarius instead of Libra. And like we were talking about in the intro, I, I get a lot of anxiety reading the Libra one sometimes. Maybe it's because I need to read the other one. So start with your rising sign. Okay. That's where the astrologer was specifically writing from when you read their horoscopes. Um, but they typically will put in enough information in each of them for reading for your sun sign. And sometimes they can be a little bit stressful. If you read your horoscope and it's like, you're going to get into a fight with a loved one tonight. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, am I? Awesome. Great. Great. I can't wait. But they're not writing specifically to you. A criticism of horoscopes a lot of the time is that they're super vague, but they need to be because they are writing to the masses. So even if, let's say, your Libra horoscope is going to say you're going to get into a fight with a loved one, but then your Sagittarius horoscope says you're going to have a really good day at work, um, then it's like, okay, which one do I believe? Which one is real? And instead of being like, oh, I, uh, I don't know what to do about this, you can just be like, okay, so this is the insight that some part of me might feel like starting a fight with my partner when I get home tonight, or maybe today could be a good day to uh, ask my boss for a raise. Um, it just really depends on looking at it from a very generalized point of view um, and realizing that these are the things that the planets are expressing and somebody knows that they could manifest like the way that they wrote it, but it doesn't mean that that is going to be the end all be all manifestation for you. Whew. Yeah. That's kind of a relief. 
a little weight off the shoulders. Weight off. (laughs) I don't use hard predictions in my astrological work. So I won't be like, okay, on this day, you're going to have this exact event happen because I can't be in anybody else's brain and their lived experience. And if I bring up something that like I think might happen and then it doesn't, that might cause them anxiety for weeks, months, however long in advance I set a prediction. Um, so instead of bringing up like, this is what's going to happen, bringing up the themes of the planets and how they're doing things and how they move in their sky dance, um, really will help kind of bring out, okay, so what does this mean for me specifically? Yeah, I like that. I think that that helps the person who's receiving the reading kind of have an open mind and maybe be more proactive about the kind of information that they're getting um, versus feeling like stressed about making something happen. Just kind of like listening and and receiving, I guess. Yeah, knowing that sometimes are good for some things and bad for others and mm-hmm. then times are going to shift and other things are going to be opportune and others will not. Um, it just helps kind of live your life a little bit on not a calendar, but a knowing observation of time where you're not Mm. letting it decide for you what's going to happen, but you can be a little bit more informed and a little bit more precise with your actions, depending on what's going on. And what are some places that you recommend people do look at? their horoscope and and read because you know there's a lot out there yeah there are um so Channy nicholas is a really good one she has an app that recently came out um the app is paid but she does have an email list that is free she writes for both sun and rising signs for each of her horoscopes um annabelle gatt who is the author of the astrology of love and sex Um, she, I believe is still the vice columnist and she is very reputable. So vice is actually surprisingly a really good place to look at your horoscope. Um, it's where I read it every day (laughs) and following independent, uh, astrologers online, you can find a lot of people who are really reputable and really solid on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, there are so many people who do daily horoscopes that I can't even list them all. Those are some great suggestions. And if people would like to get a reading with you, where can they find you? They can go to roastrology.com, R-O-W astrology.com. Um, and through the end of July, I'm going to be having a discount code for listeners here. So if you put in kombucha at checkout, you can save a little money. And you can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Row Astrology. Um, and those, if you have any questions um, or just want to find out what a reading with me would be like before you go ahead and sign up for one, um, you can feel free to DM me anytime. I check them periodically and I will get back to you. <laughs> Right. Welcome. Welcome to the sweet and spicy round. Hey. What can we do you for today, Rowan? Sweet or spicy? Let's do spicy. If you could name one dessert after yourself, what would it be? Ooh. I don't know why my mind went to this, but I was like, I would like to be an ice cream sandwich. 
Ooh, yum. Okay, tell me, is it the kind that has the cookie on each top or like the chocolate? It's like the Tillamook ones where they've got the thin cookie and then the big thing of ice cream and you kind of have to like squish it down a little bit and eat the ice cream around it and then you take a bite. Mm -hmm. It's mm. (laughs) Wow, the Rowan. I'm ordering it all summer. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. Um, Great. Well, we just have one more question for you, Rowan, and that is, what is your favorite kombucha flavor? That would be the GT Lavender Love Kombucha. I love pretty much anything that has uh, lavender in it. Um, I am a big lavender fan, and it's also very good for you, uh, aside from kombucha being good for you. So... What are we doing? We are doing health aid kombucha, watermelon flavored. Watermelon, sugar, high. Ooh, yes. Love that reference. So we've talked about health aid before. The branding on this is adorable. They have a little animated watermelon skateboarding. So cute. Loving the colors, loving the seeds painted on. Remember that summer fling you never wanted to end? This is better than that. Watermelon and kombucha forever. Wow. Uh, Let's see, sugar on this bad boy, 15 grams for the bottle. Okay. Ready? I think so. I bet that sounds great (laughs) to our sound editor. Thanks, Gold Threads. This is a common color of kombucha. (laughs) What this poured out as? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Little bit of sediment. Yep. Not super bubbly. Oh, kind of somewhere in between. Ooh, got a very sweet smell. A little Jolly Rancher-ish. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Shall we throw it back? Yeah, let's try it. Ooh, it's tart. Oh, my gosh. It's a little sour at the end. It is a little sour. There are these fruit strips at Trader Joe's that are watermelon-flavored, and this is how I imagine they would taste. And you don't sound enthused by that prospect. Let me try it again. (laughs) Mmm. No. (laughs) What does that mean? Tell the combis. You know, for me, this isn't it. (laughs) I think about... When I think of summer flings, I think about me, Sonic Drive-Thru, and the Nerd Slushy. (laughs) Okay. And I do know, I do recall a watermelon nerd slushy, kind of that balance of sweet and sour. Okay. And I I think I might have outgrown that. <laughs> Just like the fling. Just like the fling. I think it might have been a childhood love that is now an adult not love. <laughs> I could see kids loving this flavor. It definitely. It does have a bit of a Jolly Rancher vibe, to be honest. It's got that kind of sour ending. Almost reminds me of a warhead. Like I used to eat those, you know, until your tongue hurt back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, So this isn't, yeah, I would agree. It's probably not something that I just would want to casually sip on by any means. But I bet if I was a kid, 
I would freaking love this flavor. Yeah, this is a good kid kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> it is. If you have kids and they try this, <laughs> tell us. Yeah, definitely. It would be cool to hear what kids think of this one. Yeah. Because it does remind me of childhood in some way. But... And even the label is so cute. I could see kids being like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. Mm-hmm. So, scaling? Oof. Um, I would say it's a two. I would put it at a one, but the packaging is just so cute that it bumps it for me. I'm on the same wavelength. I don't think I could say anything better. Well. So, there you have it. That is our Health Aid Watermelon Flavor Kombucha. Special thanks to Gold Threads Audio for music and audio production. Check out goldthreadsaudio.com for all your podcast music and sound needs. You will even find our intro music there. Right there, you can click it. If you want to just listen to our intro on repeat, you just have to keep clicking that button on their site. This has been an On Their Own Media production. All reviews are strictly independent opinions of our hosts and guests. Make sure to like, review, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let us know your favorite part of the episode in the comments and on the good old gram. I'm at Blonde on the Run. I'm at Olivia. And we'll see you next time, combies. Bye!